made about 20 bushel difference on the wheat, and it made another five or six bushel difference on the soybeans. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Welcome to today's episode. We appreciate you here at A Better Way to Farm, where we spend our time helping growers increase profit and improve yields. Guys, we appreciate you tuning in to today's episode, and we are very lucky. I have a really good friend of mine and I've known for many years. Does a great job of raising wheat, and I'd like to introduce to the call Chris from Oklahoma. Chris, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me, Rod. Good to talk with you. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. I uh, appreciate the time that we get together. So, Chris, I know you grow a lot of different things down there, cattle, corn, beans, wheat. And uh, tonight we'd like to focus here just on growing wheat. And you are one of the most accomplished wheat growers that I know. I respect very much what you've done, and I just like to take some of these things and share them with our listeners, and maybe they can pick up an idea or two that will help them move down the road. So let's start back a little bit. Talk to me about what you were doing 15 years ago with your wheat. How are you? What were you doing for fertility? How were you handling your planting? What equipment were you using? Let's start with that, please. We were spreading a dry blend of fertilizer at that time, Rod, 92330. We don't feel like you need a lot of nitrogen early on on a wheat crop unless you're going to graze it and run cattle on it. We do that on some, but what we're going to harvest, we're in the the seed wheat business, so most of the wheat that we plant for harvest, we're not going to run cattle on it. So we don't want a lot of nitrogen to start with, but we were running a dry blend at that time. Okay. And uh, do you know what you had for a drill at that point in time? We were running a John Deere 455. Okay, excellent. So let's fast forward. I know a few years ago we got together and you started in with us, I think, on corn is how we got our start, correct, and getting acquainted? Yes, 2010, the, 2011 time frame. Mm-hmm. Yep, I had the pleasure of coming to your house and spending some time at your table, and that's always a good time for me. And uh, we got started in corn, but let's talk about how you crossed over into the wheat as a result of our conversations and studying by you, talk to us, Chris, about what you're doing now in regards to your fertility. How are you handling that on your wheat? So we uh, equipped our drill with a liquid fertilized tank, and we're running 31818 is primarily what we use. We're potash deficient in, in our country, so we try to stick with 215193 or 31818 so we get as much potash as we can, and banded right down in the trench with the seed. So we'll run normally four to four and a half gallon if we're running poultry litter. We use some poultry litter also, and if we're running poultry litter, then we'll put down four to four and a half gallon in the trench. If we're not, then we will bump that up to, you know, at least six gallon of 318 going down with the drill at planting time. That's fantastic. And I know, uh, talk to us about your results. How has it changed from going from the, the dry 92330 to the liquid, you know, 215193? Well, we feel like the efficiency is, we're maximizing efficiency as much as we possibly can. Uh, and we also double crop soybeans behind the wheat, 
uh, if the opportunity presents itself the following summer after harvest of wheat, then we'll no-till soybeans right in that stubble. And and you and I have both seen a uh, a picture of one of the goof plots that I had where I failed to turn <laughs> the, the fertilizer on on the drill, and it made about 20 bushel difference on the wheat, and it made another five or six bushel difference on the soybeans that fall when we harvested them because I... I tracked it both ways, and and I mean it was uh, one of those deals that we like to refer to as low hanging fruit. You know, you spend a, a buck and get five back. We we kind of like those kind of deals. You know, and that's really kind of amazing, Chris, because that's not anything that anyone would have predicted. You know, I understand replacing it, getting your money back on your wheat, doing a great job there, but to have seen that come on through and change how the soybeans yield, that's pretty amazing too. Yes, it, it was, and it definitely got our attention when we saw that. I mean, we wanted to follow it all the way through, and uh, what was funny about that, uh, when we planted that wheat kind of late, it was over in November, so it was small through the winter, really just kind of setting there in cold weather, but when it took off in February and began growing, I was going by there on sprayer one day, on the county road right in front of it and i looked out there and i saw that and i thought what in the world well it was exactly 30 foot you know the width of our drill and so i thought i've already messed up now maybe i can learn something from my from my goof up <laughs> well you know honestly sometimes those are really our best test plots uh they you are. know because there was there's nobody had a dog in the fight you were just able to learn something from what you did Exactly. That that is true. My dad always mm-hmm. used to say, "Son, I want to know how I'm spending my money." So I found <laughs> out how we were spending it right there. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a good way to spend it when you can get that five bushel of beans. So I love that. Chris, talk to us. What do you got for a drill now? What are you using? We're still running a four fifty five drill. We're okay. six okay. inch spacing, and we have we have just kept that drill up in shape. And you can't hardly buy a six-inch drill anymore. I mean, they're seven, seven and a half, or ten, and we like the narrow spacing. So we have just maintained that drill, and we're still running it. Fantastic. So then one of the questions that I always get is people get scared, worried about the equipment for the delivery system for the liquid fertilizer. Talk to us about how you did that, Chris. So it's just simple. Uh, we have that drill has three ten-foot sections, and we can turn uh, each section off. You know, if we're coming into a point row or whatever, and control it from the cab. And we just ran—I call it a little spaghetti line—the uh, little small black plastic line going down into each opener, right behind the opener where the seed falls out. So it's actually falling in with the seed and you know it's such a small amount because six inch spacing versus 30 inch spacing you're diluted five times versus what you would be doing with six gallon in a 30 inch row of corn so we've never had any issues at all there and wheat fun i tell guys fundamentally wheat's about impossible to kill i mean i don't know what you could do to it that would hurt you you know and uh, it's it's interesting to see how that shakes out. So that's fantastic. So the results are there. You're uh, replacing the dry. I know you do use litter. And uh, the only thing I have to say about that is I wish I could get my hands on it because that's a good product and we know that. 
but um, so yeah, that, that's that's really cool. What are some of the things you like in particular about our product that you're using, as opposed to maybe something else that you have the opportunity to take a look at? Well, first and foremost, yeah. if you want to mix, and we do, we run run Centos, the sugar product, right down in the trench on on every acre that's planted, whether it's wheat, corn, or soybeans. And if you want to run a micronutrient, whatever nutrient that you need, I mean, the blending, we've just never had an issue blending in with fertilize. So that would be probably first and foremost. You know, people will ask you, well, can I blend this or that with my fertilizer? And the first thing you ask them is what kind of fertilizer are you using and, and what kind of micros are you using? Because... You don't want to speak for someone someone else's product because you don't know what you're going to get into. And we just have never had an issue, uh, whether it's foliar feeding or whether it's going through a planter, planting corn or grain drill. Uh, it just blends superb. Yep. And that's, I mean, that's really a fundamental key because there's nothing more aggravating than 500 gallon of goo. Would you agree? No, absolutely. If you if you ever do that one time, you'll figure out how to not have that happen again. <laughs> it's not anything you're going to repeat. No, and it stops productivity. And I mean, it's just it's just a mess. That's all you can say. Yeah, it really is. I I totally agree with you. So, and Chris, I want to get this right. Do you have a tube inside that disc opener, or is it just that hose that goes down in there? Is it just, just the hose running down through there with a little bracket that holds it in place. Can you tell me where you it? got that at? I got that from uh, Shaben Industries out of Newton, Kansas, I believe, at that time. Okay. Thank and you. I think they may have even changed their name now, but it's still, it's still the same location. And if you tell them, you know, what you're – trying to do they can fix you up with it we did it ourselves and it's not anything super fancy it just works absolutely and i think that's what i was going to say was some guys are thinking they're going to have to get a colder they're going to have to get some expensive delivery system at the bottom there and the reality is you know i don't know could you even make a guess of what it would cost to set your drill you got one tank or you got saddle tanks on your track we have one tank 300 gallons so you if you're running four five or six gallons you're still going to cover a lot of acres before you have to stop and fill up. And we usually yep. try to get it to coincide with reloading the drill with seed. So if you have a second man there bringing seed in or whatever, one man can pump fertilize, one man can load the drill. And, and it just it doesn't take long. Well, it doesn't slow you down that way. So, Absolutely. Uh, goodness, I don't know, Rod. We just we run a three-quarter inch plastic pipe for the delivery system and run a hose to each section, 10 foot on the left, 10 on the right, and 10 in the center, plumbed into that black plastic line and then feed those small lines out of that and meter it with an orifice in there. Super nice. So have you got an electric pump on there, I presume? Uh, we run a hydraulic pump. A hydraulic pump. Okay. Yeah, electric pump's fine. Fantastic. You just... We got started with hydraulic pumps, and we've, we've stayed with them. They've been fairly, fairly trouble-free. I like trouble-free a lot, a lot. So, Chris, do you run any micros in with your weed, or how do you handle that? We feel that we're getting some micros out of the litter. So if we're littering, then we have not been. Now, we do always run micros on the corn in the spring. So our rotation set up 
three crops in two years. So the wheat that goes in this fall will hopefully go back to beans in the summer of 23 and then roll that ground to corn in uh, in 24, spring of 24, and then start the process all over again. So we are applying micros either through the poultry litter or through the planter when we're planting corn. Nice. Your normal plant time down there in Oklahoma is what? What's your goal to start planting your wheat? Uh, we really don't like to start down here until about the 20th of October, 15th to okay. the 20th. Uh, Hessian yeah. fly, uh, they have a fly-free date, and I think that used to be the 14th, and that's a moving target. But we, we like yeah. for the temperatures and soil to cool off some before we plant. Yep. Our date here where I'm at is uh, September 28th this year, so you're obviously a your weather stays a little gets warmer quicker and stays warmer later, so we, yes. we get that. Yes. All right. Well, Chris, as a closing comment, what would you like to say to somebody? They're they're going to plant wheat. They're kind of on the fence about what to do. They know that you know dry fertilizer is eight hundred dollars a ton, and they're scratching their head saying, hmm, "I don't know about this." What would you say to them? Well, it's the most efficient use of your fertilizer dollar that you will get, putting it right there with the seed. It doesn't matter if the wind's blowing 35 mile an hour and you're planting wheat, every drop of it's going where it belongs. Whereas if you're dry <laughs> broadcasting, that don't work too well. And and we get wind in, in our country sometimes. And I really like the idea of when you cover that field from one side to the other, you not only covered it with seed, but you placed your fertilized exactly like you placed your seed. Absolutely, and that's equal opportunity nutrition for every plant. That's our goal, and I think you're doing a great job of that. Well, Chris, I know you're in respect your time. I'm going to let you go, but, man, I do appreciate you being a part of this, helping us out, helping some new guys get something to think about. Guys, if you found interest in what we do, we would really appreciate it if you give us a rating here on the podcast platform. And you can always follow us over on TikTok, or you can see us on Facebook at A Better Way to Farm on either one of those platforms. We do have a lot of videos where you can pick up a lot of knowledge and to grab some ideas maybe that will help you be a little more profitable, and we appreciate that. So thank you for tuning in. We appreciate our listeners very much, and we really do hope you're having a better day. A better way to farm.com. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.